This is the Kingdom Mogul Podcast. We help you grow your faith as you grow your business. And now, your host, Jesse Cole. Welcome to the Kingdom Mogul Podcast. I am your host, Coach Jesse Cole. Thank you for joining us today. I'm excited for you, your family, and your business. I'm also excited about what God is doing to you, through you, for you, and in you. Today's special guest is Kimberly Bachelor Davis. She is an author. She is a radio personality. She is a playwright. She is a mental wellness advocate, and she's also a podcast host. You can learn more about Kimberly Davis at her website at www.kimbdavis.com. Today, we talked about just the power of finding your strength as you are going through a depression. She shares a lot about her story. I believe that you're going to be able to get some rich nuggets from this conversation. All right. All right. Here we go. Kimberly Bachelor Davis here on the Kingdom Mogul Podcast. Kimberly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's my pleasure as well. I'm excited about this conversation. I'm sure it's going to be rich. Um, we had a little pre-talk, so I know it's going to be rich. Um, and I'm just excited about how your message, how your story is going to help people um, just show up authentically and, and, and be bold in who they are. So just for a few seconds, about 30 seconds, tell the people who, who you are and how you add value to the marketplace. So my name is Kimberly Bachelor Davis. I am an author of six books. Uh, one of them is about my battle with depression. I am a podcaster, playwright, soon to be filmmaker and event consultant. I add value to the marketplace because I bring stories to the community or to the marketplace that aren't often heard. Typically they revolve around depression and mental health because that is a topic that needs to be heard. And we don't talk about it often enough. And oftentimes Times when we do talk about it, it's after someone has done something horrible and has committed suicide. And I want us to talk about it before that happens to let people know that there is help and that there is hope. That's a that's a great that's a great message. So, what would you say is your kingdom message right now? Like, what does God have you focused on right now? God has me focused on that. Although your story may seem like you're down and out it's not over. You may have gone through some things that may have devalued you, but you still have value. You may have been told by people that you're not worthy, but in my kingdom, you are worth more than you will ever know. I have given you a purpose. I knew you before you were born. I formed you. I created all your innermost parts. I'm, I'm paraphrasing scripture. And I have a purpose for you and I need you to fulfill it. People need to hear that, especially right now. Like you touched on mental health, mental wellness, you touched on depression. Why is that message important right now? So we got this little thing called COVID-19 that just keeps sticking around and won't leave. And we are still in a, in a global pandemic. We are, many people are facing economic uncertainty. Um, people are facing abuse, um, all different kinds of situations. And we're still sheltering at home. You know, 
we used to say before the pandemic, oh, I wish I could stay at home and rest. I could get my house clean. I could get things in order. Well, a lot of us over the past course of a year have realized that was not the issue. The issue was some other stuff. And the pandemic for me, the way that I uh, talk and discuss it with people, it held up a mirror to us. We are looking at ourselves, we're looking at our situations, we're looking at our lives. And some of us were like, ooh, is this really what it is? Instead of being able to say, I married this person, I go to work for 10 to 12 hours a day. So I only have to be around them for, you know, a short period of time because you spend most of your time at work. Now you're at home all the time and you're like, is this what you do? What? I didn't, we've been married how long? Now people, you know, divorces are on the rise because people are realizing that the relationship they thought they had is not. And some people need to do some work. There are children who, you know, in families who are realizing that, you know, parents are like, well, my kids were in school all day, but the teacher said that they were acting crazy. I didn't quite believe them, but now I'm managing virtual school and they keep skipping to the bathroom and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And they're like, wait a minute, is this my child? Really the child that I thought that wouldn't do anything? There are people who, because we've lost half a million people to COVID, have experienced great loss, haven't been able to mourn with their families. Families, you know, have been fractured because of the pandemic. And so people have had to be creative in how you communicate, whether it's through a Zoom call, a telephone call. Some people are writing letters and sending cards. And, you know, in the age of technology and information, we don't write letters anymore. We got the postal service that, you know, is struggling to deliver letters. All these things, and we still have political upheavals going on in the world. We just got through an election. There's been all this controversy. So Jesse, I don't know about you, but I know for me, I had to turn off social media because it started to make me a little bit anxious. And for a lot of people right now, what do you do? The things that we would normally do to say, oh, I'm stressed out, I'm going to have dinner, have a glass of wine. I'm going to go hang out with my girlfriends. I'm going to go hang out with my boy. You can't do that. You know, you can try and do it on Zoom. It's not the same. You can call a therapist, but a lot of people like to be in a room where they can physically touch someone. Now you have to do everything through technology. And so a lot of people right now are struggling and women, and not just to always keep harping on women, but as a woman, there has been an uptick in women talking about their mental health has suffered because a lot of women have taken on the lion's share of work at home. You are already the person who sort of was expected to do that and take care of children. Now it's increased even more. And you're having issues between couples where the husband could be at home and he sees the wife and he says, well, hey, can you bring me some coffee? Cause you're in the kitchen. And she says, well, you can get up and get it yourself. And then here comes the kids like, well, what time is lunch? And the wife is like, I'm on a Zoom call. I'm working, I need a minute. And I hear that from so many women who are talking about it. And even when you talk about economic uncertainty, women, have been far more affected by job loss 
than men. And that's a story that we're not talking about. So mental health right now for a lot of people and a lot of families is difficult. And even for young people, you know, we talk about families, but young people can't visit their friends. They can't see their cousins. Again, you can do it through Zoom. You can do it through a phone call or what have you. It's not the same as being able to physically connect with someone. Yeah. You talked about a lot there. You kind of covered the whole gamut of, of where we are from economics to government, to family, to education, how COVID has impacted our lives severely. And it has really sh sh shown a light on the areas that we need to get better in as, as, as people. You know, you, you talked about the relationship between husband and wives, talk about it between parents and children, between f other family members. Like one thing that we are in right now is we're challenged to be more personable. Like we're challenged to be more compassionate. Like we're challenged in the areas of like really slowing down mm -hmm. and e evaluating our environment to see what do I really need and what don't I need, right? Mm -hmm. And so th thank, thank you for covering that, man. Especially right now, I was just having a conversation with my wife and we were just talking about just where we are right now, how, how we feel. It was more than just a check-in. It was just like, okay, are you good? I'm good. Are we good? Is the family good? Like, like, like what is good look like to us right now versus what it looked like last month? You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. right. And so being in, being in touch and um, having a heart for what's going on right now. I know for me, there was a, about a month or so where I was just in a haze. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't understand what was happening. I was still being productive, but it felt like I was walking through mud and I, I can't say that I was depressed, but it was like, What's happening right now? How can I be so productive, but still feel like this? Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of take a step back, got off social media for 30 days mm -hmm. and took that opportunity to just rest in God and mm -hmm. allowed him to like rejuvenate me, allowed him to talk to me, to let me know what my next steps are and what they were. And so I would encourage anybody who's listening right now that if you are a believer um, and you believe that that God is your hope, if, if you believe that God is your strength, if you believe that God is your provider, take this opportunity to really sit back and ask him, like, God, what is your best for me? Because yeah. he, want, he wants to give that to you. He wants to show that to you as well. Mm -hmm. So you talked about your message. You talked about who your message is for. You talked about why they may need your message. But why you? Like, why are you the one out of all the people in the world? Why are you the one to share this message at such a time as this? That's a great question. And that's something I struggle with God because I'll say to him, well, why, why does this have to be my responsibility? Why can't I just write a romance book, you know, to give people some hope and some joy? But God reminds me, I gave you a testimony. I went through depression, um, postpartum depression, specifically after the birth of my second son. And really quick, we had had five deaths, major deaths, where my parents were gone, my husband's um, immediate family was gone, and we had a second child. I had a grandmother who was going from dementia into Alzheimer's. There was just a lot on our plate. And as you know, the saying goes, I'm the strong Black woman. I'm going to hold it up. I'm going to hold my family. I'm going to take care of my kids. And you're doing all of this with all kinds of other issues going on. And yet I started to fall apart. However, I didn't know how to ask for help. And out of that 
came this testimony where I remember my husband who works in a hospital, he works in mental health. He went to work one day and he came home and he said, I saw you at work today. And I laughed at him. I'm like, what are you talking about? I've been here with your kids all day, dealing in dirty diapers and, and, and feeding schedules, trying to write a book and this and that. And he said, I saw this woman who has three kids. She couldn't handle them. She was crying. And she just said, I don't know what to do. And she said, right now, I just want to end it. And I looked at him and I went, oh, okay. He said, we're going to get you some help. You're going to go to a therapist and talk to somebody. True story, Jesse. I went to this therapist. I cried for 45 minutes, snot and everything. Just horrible about how a horrible person I was because I didn't like my kids. I didn't want to be a mother. All these things. And a therapist said about 15 minutes before we were ending, he said, okay, thank you for sharing your story. He said, but I need to talk now. And he said to me, there's nothing wrong with you. And I sort of was like, what, huh? he must be crazy. And I'm looking around the room and I see all these degrees and I'm like, maybe he didn't hear me. And he said, I heard everything you said. He said, there's nothing wrong with you. He said, you're tired. He said, and it's okay to be tired. He said, you got to admit that you're tired. He said, you need help. And I looked at him and I said, you mean I've been suffering all this? He said, absolutely. And then he asked me a very important question. He said, what do you do for yourself? And I looked at him. I didn't have an answer. I said, well, I write books. He said, nope, that's work. What do you do for yourself? And I couldn't answer him. And out of that, he said, I want you to take 20 minutes every day and go for a walk. And I looked at him. I said, didn't you hear everything I said? I got this, this, this. He said, you fit everything else into that schedule. I want you to put you in that schedule. And I did. And out of that, I learned from God, anything that you want to do is possible. However, I also learned it's important to ask for help, but I got to know where my help comes from. And my help comes from God, my source, my strength. And when I was in the midst of my depression, as we were burying people one after the other, from my husband's grandmother to his grandfather a year and a half later to my mother in, in the middle of it. And, you know, you're trying to balance and, and my grandmother is going through things and I got to move her from her house to a, a facility. And you're struggling to do this on your own, although you have other family that can help, but the people don't always step up the way that they should. It's just not a bad thing. But sometimes people take on challenges that we don't necessarily need to. But in the midst of all of that, I stopped talking to God. One, I was angry. Two, I was tired. Three, I didn't know how to hear him anymore. I could open a Bible and read a scripture and hear nothing. And I was talking to a girlfriend and I was crying and she sent me a scripture and she said, Kim, just read this. Just keep reading it until you hear something. And I was sort of like, yeah, okay. And I kept reading it until one day I heard God talk to me again and I cried. And I said, God, I'm sorry. I turned away from you because life was hard. It was very hard. And Jesse, you know what's even harder about that is that you have family around you, you have friends, but no one hears you. No one sees you. No one. And I remember being very 
angry because afterwards people were like, I'm so sorry I missed this. And I thought, because I did have suicidal thoughts. There, there was a moment where I was driving and I was like, if I just turn my car into traffic, this could all be over. But the grace of God and the wisdom of God was that I was never alone. My children were always in the car with me. And so I never wanted to hurt my children. I just wanted all of this to end. But I say that to say God gave me that testimony and he needed someone, me, to experience it and to be able to share with people, to let people know there is help and there is hope after depression. All the things you go through are meant to make you stronger. They're meant to to show you the goodness of God. And the goodness of God is, although I couldn't see it, he protected me from everything that was going on around me. How important is it for us to vocalize? Because you said you were in a place where your, your therapist told you that, um, you first of all, you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Second of all, he helped you realize that I've been suffering this whole time. And you mentioned that you just didn't know how to ask for help or you didn't even know that you were in a place to ask for help. So how important is it for us to vocalize when we're in that place? Like, how, how do you do that? How do you do that effectively? How do you, like, what, what can a person say when they're in that place to get somebody's attention? So that's a great question. And there's actually two parts to that. You have to be able to vocalize it. However, the person that you're talking to has to listen and hear it. And I have a very good friend who I had shared some of my feelings with and I, she admonished me and said, don't say that. We don't say things like that. She wasn't paying attention to or understanding that I really was struggling and I was trying to, to vocalize it. Didn't really know how to say, you know, I'm miserable. I would say things sarcastically. I would never really say what I really felt because I was afraid of what I really felt. Um, But because I wasn't able to say it in the way that I needed to say it, which for anyone, if you're struggling, you have to tell someone, look, I'm struggling. And I'll be very honest, when the pandemic started about six months in, I started to feel the depression trying to come back. Why? Because we were sheltering in place and all the things that I've talked about started to weigh heavy. And so the same thing, I had to get off of social media. I had to really get back into the word of God. And I really needed to be around my family and just practice being mindful with God. Um, But the second part of that is, is that once someone has said to you that I'm struggling, don't worry about what it sounds like. Don't worry about what people will think about you. Find someone that you trust. But once you told that person, that person has to truly listen and engage with you that they're willing to help. That means even if they're just going to sit and listen to you, or direct you to where you need to go, whether it's therapy, counseling, you know, whether it's a minister or an actual psychologist or a licensed professional therapist, whatever it is, or even someone to just say, okay, I hear you. I hear you're struggling. Can I help you do X, Y, and Z? And if that person says no, you know, you can't force anybody to do anything, but what you can do is sort of check in on them. Because what I always hate to see is that people will say that, but then people will forget. And then someone will do something and then people will say, oh, I wish they would have said something. Well, they have been. 
you just weren't listening. Mm -hmm. When you were going through that and you said you reconnected with God and you began to read scripture again and you heard him, as you were going through that healing process, what kind of things was he showing you? What, what, what kind of things were you hearing as you were getting back to your quote unquote normal self, if you want to call it that? The first thing I heard was you're loved. You are loved. The second thing I heard was something like you're important or you matter, you, you're, you're valuable. Um, a lot of the things that I was stressing about not being able to meet all the needs of my children, not being able to meet the needs of my husband or family. God was counteracting all of that with, you know, whatever it was. And, um, you know, oftentimes we internalize things, you know, from the past or someone said something to you and God was like, that's a lie. You know, you are my child. I gave you a vision for your life in 2001. And that was that you were to write stories that hasn't changed. Yes, you have two children, but that has not changed. I need you to get back to that. I have a purpose and a mission for you. Man, that's, that's so good. That's some good eating. I like to say <laughs> that's, that's some good eating right there. <laughs> yeah, it was. That intimacy. Mm -hmm. um, like he was, he was not far from you. Mm -mm. He was right there with you and, mm -hmm. and you heard him speaking, mm -hmm. speaking to your spirit and that rejuvenated you that he not only told you to get up, but he said, I got an assignment for you. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whenever he gives us an assignment, he always gives us pro a provision to uh, complete that assignment too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So speaking of, you know, your message, your purpose and your assignment, you know, we, we went through what it is, who it's supposed to help, why, mm -hmm. why do they need it? Why are you the one to share it? That's the whole validation piece. You know, you have, you have the battle scars to show that you've gone through it yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't need a degree. Like you went through that already. Exactly. <laughs> so how did, how is your message bringing transformation to the people that you are assigned to? Like, what are you hearing from those people? So it's interesting. I, I did a uh, speaking engagement at a church and several ladies walked up to me and said, thank you. And I said, you're welcome. I, I said, you know, and you sit and you listen. And they said, I went through the same thing. No one could vocalize it. I wasn't able to say it. Yes, it happened 20, 30 years ago, but I still feel the stings and the pain of it. And, you know, your book has given me hope that, you know, I can finally put this out of my mind where I'm, you know, not still holding on to this type of pain. There was a young lady um, who I'll never forget. I don't remember her name, but she walked up to me at a book event. And she kept looking at the depression book. And, you know, when you're at an event, you're greeting people, you're talking to people. And so, you know, she was standing there looking, you know, I'm not a, um, a person who's a, a heavy hitter in terms of sales where I'm like, you need to buy this book. I let people look and I talk to them. I'm like, hi, how are you? And, you know, ask them general questions. And so I kept looking at her because people kept coming up and I was talking to people. And so finally I said, are you, you know, would you like, uh, a copy of the book, you know, I told her a little bit about it and she started to cry. She said, I know I'm depressed. She said, the devil has been after me. He's trying to get me to kill myself. 
I grabbed her hand and we started talking and she was crying. And I said, I've been where you are. I know what that feels like. I said, turn away from him. I said, pray. I said, get in the book. I started giving her scriptures. I said, you can have this book. Here is my card. Here is my phone number. I said, if you ever need to talk to someone, call me. I said, because the devil wants you to be gone. There is an assignment on your life and he is trying to stop God from giving you that assignment. I said, you are here to give someone else hope. I said, do not give in. And it was, it was interesting because after she got done crying, people were, you know, sort of standing around and looking at the book. And I guess they thought it was sort of weird moment, but I remember the young lady, she said to me, she said, thank you. She said, you were the angel that I needed to hear today. Cause she said, I pray to God that he will give me a sign to tell me that I was not supposed to hurt myself. That has been the greatest moment that I've ever had. I was like, I was the answer to a prayer for someone that God gave. So, you know, everybody as this is why i say everybody has a purpose you never know what your purpose is until you find it yeah i'm i'm so glad that you were tapped into your assignment i believe that when, when we talk about purpose and assignments we we typically see it as this big big thing this big grand thing but oftentimes purpose is accomplished in moments like that right mm-hmm. and so being able to be obedient to whatever the moment requires like knowing yes you were a vendor but really understanding like this young lady might be going through something. So you kind of pushed out everything else and put your attention on her Mm -hmm. and you saved a life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we talked about transformation, but you like saved a life. Like that's, that's, he will, God saved the life through you. Like you were his vessel to get to that young lady. So, you know, thank you for doing that. That's, that's an awesome, awesome story. You mentioned that you wrote, you wrote six books, but we've Mm -hmm. really been talking about this particular subject matter. So, Talk about the book that you've written around this and then share where people can find out more about what you do. So my depression story, it's called Conquering the Darkness, The Triumph Over Depression. Um, You can find it on Amazon.com or my website at KimBDavis.com. This is my personal journey. And I talk about how I did not want to be a mother, what that felt like. Um, I talked about wanting personal space. You know, when you're a mom, your kids cling to you all the time. And sometimes moms don't get the time that they need to uh, rest and rejuvenate and, and be able to come back. And I talk a lot about that. I talk about not being able to hear God's voice. I talk about the resentment that I had towards my husband in terms of him being able to do some of the things that I was not able to. But in addition to that, I add in scriptures, the scriptures that helped me, the scriptures that spoke to me. Um, One of my favorite scriptures is Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you. And that was one of the things that came to me or that God said to me when I was starting to heal. He was like this. I'm not punishing you. I didn't give you this to um, hurt you. I gave this to you so that you could be a living testimony to someone else to show them that they can get through this. And I mean, when we look around the world, when you see different things and we, we like to callously talk about mental health and gun violence, we like to callously talk about mental health and violence towards women or violence towards children. But there are a lot of people that are walking around that are hurting 
because they haven't admitted that there's a problem or that there's an issue. And then I have the suicide hotline in here and counseling um, references to if people are looking for that. How has, and you no know, last question, how has your journey through depression helped you to show up authentically in the marketplace? So, and that's a great question. One of the things, you know, we were talking about earlier when you said checking in, you know, when you go through a, a really difficult situation, you sort of take stock or take value over what's important. And for me, it no longer became about, I have this, 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 and this. It's who is Kimberly? Who's Kimberly Bachelor Davis? You know, who am I as a child of God? Who am I as an author? If I am only solely interested in just making money and being about a product, then people who are truly looking for a message aren't going to hear it because the only thing they're going to see is money, 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 money. And so I had to really think about, okay, if God has said to me that his plans for me are for my good, I know he's going to provide everything for me. So I need to stop worrying about that. Now, it's not that you don't think about it. It's not that you don't plan for it. It just doesn't become the primary uh, goal for when you're speaking. So when I would go to an event, go to a speaking engagement, it's not about how many books, it's about how many people I touch. It's about how many people that I'm able to help heal. Not that I heal them personally, but that God, that through me, God is able to touch them and put them on a path to wherever it is that they're supposed to go. And so for me, it becomes about the impact on people and how people can actually be healed. Kimberly Bachelor Davis, thank you very much for your time. You've been a joy to talk to. I'm pretty sure that the listeners of this show are going to be blessed. Um, I hope they go back and download it and listen to it over and over and over and over again, because you not only shared your story, but you were authentic and bold in the process. And you didn't just talk about what you went through. You talked about how you went through it and where you are now. So this, this is, for me, this is a success story and it's a, con a continued success story. So thank you very much for just showing up and being who you are. Thank you, Jesse, for having me on your show. This has been an amazing experience. I so appreciate you. You are doing amazing, amazing work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Thank you for listening to the Kingdom Mogul Podcast. You can support the podcast by subscribing, downloading your favorite episode, and sharing the podcast via social media. Don't forget to visit KingdomMogulCoaching.com to find more resources to help you grow your faith as you grow your business. Remember, what you want to become depends on your willingness to become it.